Welcome everybody to Haven of Horror. We are back after another hiatus. Uh, this one was on me, so we're just going to jump straight into it. Today we are covering the remake of Friday the 13th. came out 2009. I cannot believe it has been 12 years, give or take. Uh, that made me feel extremely old. So Doolittle, I just have to ask you, uh, were her tits indeed that stupendous? <laughs> well, he certainly thought so. <laughs> yeah, that um, that might be the funniest uh, sex scene I've ever seen in a movie. I think it's so ridiculous. Um, and I don't, I don't, I typically don't really like sex scenes in movies. I'll just put that out there. Um, but this sex scene was just hilarious. Like, I just, I just, I keep laughing every time I see it. You know. <laughs> It is, it is really funny, which is is a little odd, but we'll get to that. Uh, oh, okay. I'm going to rewind. I just I had to throw that in for our buddy Connor. Uh, he qu- he talks about that all the time, and I, I told him I'd throw that in there. <laughs> yeah, for uh, sure. Shout out to Connor. If you remember, he has been on the show before. Uh, but Doolittle, I want to start with the opening credits for once. We don't talk about opening credits too much. Uh, we've mentioned it you know, here and there for the Friday movies, mostly because... A lot of those movies that we've covered have used those to kind of set the tone. Yeah. Uh, you know, Friday the 13th, it was, third part three was, you know, this real upbeat 80s pop, synth pop, and, you know, oh, you know, we're in for a lighter tone. Whereas four had a darker, you know, score, you know, oh, you know, we're back to business. Um, this one does something completely different, and I think it works because obviously you were never going to reboot and make Pamela Voorhees the killer. Oh, sure. Uh, people would riot. <laughs> um so i think it is kind of smart in a way to make the opening credits the best part of the original which is the last 20 minutes condensed down into you know five minute opening sequence how did you feel about that um so i kind of felt like the opening like like the pre-credit sequence or pre-title sequence like the you know that whole thing i thought that that was perhaps a bit too long um, but I do like the actual, like, opening. Okay, and I, I don't even, like, hate the opening, like, pre-title sequence either. I just think it goes on a bit long, and you forget that you haven't gotten to the credits yet. And once you get to the credits, you're like, what? <laughs> you know? Um, but, uh, no, I, I, I thought that all worked. Um, you know, I, I thought that it had, like, a fun energy to it, uh, which is weird that I said that, because that's kind of contradictory to my complaints about the pacing of it but but no but it had that like punky kind of energy to it that i like from the friday movies and yeah i I thought it was i thought it was a really nice addition to the movie actually and it gave me appreciation like after watching the first friday movie and kind of going back to that you know Mm -hmm. yeah i i think because obviously you know for jason's story you need to have pamela there somehow uh so it's nice that we get you know a recap of how she died even though this movie's not about her. And I think in some ways you could say it kind of for, it never really forgets her presence with the main hook of this movie, which mm-hmm. is something I think it improves on from part four. Uh, but you're right. There is about a 20 minute pre-title sequence, uh, yeah. which is probably the longest pre-title sequence I think I've ever seen in a, yeah. in a movie, especially in a movie like this. Um, which I think would make a wonderful short film all on its own. 
I agree. Uh, and that's where we kind of get, you know, a lot of the part two stuff, because he doesn't have the mask yet. <coughs> He's mm-hmm. wearing the, a sack. My biggest complaint, and this is going to be something that goes throughout the whole movie, this movie is really fucking dark. And at times, it is really hard to see what's happening. Well, and see, it's it's interesting. I kind of liked that because I was like, oh, like it looks like garbage, <laughs> you know. Um, but no, you're right. I mean, it gets in the way a little bit when you can't really tell like what's going on, you know. Like that, like there are there are scenes like that where, yeah, yeah I kind of had to rewind <clears throat> at some points because I couldn't figure out what was happening. Um, but like aside from that, like I didn't have too much of an issue with it, you know. So let let me ask you this: the most important thing with these movies is you got to get Jason right. Yeah. How did you feel about the remakes incarnate in take on Jason? Hmm. Well, I kind of. I I mean I I kind of I like it I I like the actor they got um he you know he's very big um you know which is cool. And I remember, um, I remember talking to you one time about it, and you said you were kind of describing it as like they're kind of going back to like the hillbilly setting traps, Jason kind of. Um, and I like that. I like that idea quite a bit, and I thought it was kind of fun initially. Um, but it's also like I don't know why they kind of. I kind of gave like an explanation for how he's able to like teleport in a way in this movie, like like the fact that he kind of sets up this whole like system underground. I'm not really sure if they really you really needed that, <laughs> um, but I, I mean I kind of get it because like they're trying to go for the hillbilly um, chasing thing, you know. Um, so I don't know. I he, he's very mixed. Um, there are like you know stuff I like. I I like how intimidating he is, you know. Um, but I, I think overall, Jason himself, I'm, I'm kind of mixed on a little bit, you know, overall. I also don't like the mass underground tunnel network that he has. Because, uh, A, it, you know, wipes away some of that mystique of he is a spirit of vengeance. Um, which I guess is kind of fine, you know, because you're going more for the, the outdoorsman, the trapper. Um, even though I think it goes a little too far in places. There is just something wrong about seeing jason wielding a bow and arrow oh sure um like i know that in the originals you know he just picks up whatever's available to him but it, it it'd be like mm-hmm. if jason just started wielding a gun it just it would be wrong <laughs> i agree i mean i think what helps with the bow and arrow is the fact that um you know i i i know people who have you know, practice like archery and stuff like that. And they've told me that you kind of have to use like every muscle in your body in order to like use those things. And I kind of like that in this because it really illustrates that he is someone who is like really trying to, you know what I mean? Like it shows, it shows his strength in like a subtle way, you know? Mm which is interesting. Um, but I agree. I mean, he should still be someone who gets kind of up close and personal in, in some fashion. And I guess uh, what it's missing is is the kind of theatricality of it, you know, like in and that regard. Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the fact that he's like <laughs> tricking people and stuff like that, you know. So I I, I like what you said about the actor, and I, I want to give him a shout out as well, Derek Mears. He's uh, cool. He is a very cool guy. I've seen a lot of interviews with him, and he loved doing this. He's a big fan. Uh, yeah. He was Swamp Thing in that TV show that lasted a season. I Which I wanted excited to. to see that. I still got to get around to it. I'm a big um, fan of Swamp Thing, so I want to watch that as well, yeah. He is also in Hatchet 3, which is really funny because Kane Hodder, who's obviously most famous for playing Jason, uh, mm-hmm. is the monster in that movie. So it's kind of a Jason, you know, square off. Um, yeah. Of course, you know, the best Jason wins, but that's that's just, just how it goes. Um, mm-hmm. I, but I really like his design. Um, it's he's, you know, very he's big and not, I don't want to say lanky, but like this is probably the tallest Jason we've had. If not, he's up there. Um, and it's a very minimalistic design. It's very late 2000s, right? Like Dark Knight has come out. We're trying to make everything dark and gritty. And there are scenes in this movie that are trying to be dark and gritty and grounded. But then you get stuff like the sex scene, which is like, you know, classic Friday the 13th. But but that like cheese charm is, is gone. Um, it's it, it feels 2000s instead of 80s. Does that make sense? Um, yeah, I can kind of see it. I mean, it's like it's still shot pretty much like I would imagine these Platinum Dune remakes are shot. You know what I mean? Where it's like handheld, it's kind of shitty looking. So I think on that level, it's still consistent visually with the language of the piece. Um, you know, it's going for that very specific. So, it, but it's like I don't know. I kind of kind of the way I saw it is it's almost like going from. Not that this is that, but it, but it's almost like going from like a dark reboot of Friday the Thirteenth to kind of what a what like part four would look like if it was done in like the late two thousands or something like that, you know, like just mm-hmm. kind of like adapting those sensibilities to that time sensibilities or whatever. I hope I'm making sense, but but that is kind of what that shift feels like. So I can see how it'd be kind of jarring. Um, but I, I don't know. I didn't have too much of an issue with it because I kind of felt like it was. I mean, that character is consistently kind of ridiculous. Um, the guy who oh. says stupendous like throughout we'll, the movie. We'll get to him because holy shit, he's just uh, a total penis basically throughout this whole movie. He's really funny. Um, you know, so like he's consistent at least, but tonally it's maybe not. I don't think I have ever met a more irredeemable character in any slasher movie than that guy. He's such an idiot, yeah. <laughs> and, like, it feels like that's supposed to be the joke. Like, this, this is the token, like, you are going to hate this character, and we're going to dial that up from, like, 50 to 1,000, and that yeah. actor's just really good at it. Absolutely, yeah. Um... I will say, though, I wish his death scene had been a little bit more gratuitous. For as much as a dick as he is, he goes out kind of (laughs) easy. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's pretty, like, quick, yeah. But speaking of kills, uh, to rewind again to the pre-title sequence, which is... So this movie, I think I've mentioned this before, I don't know if it was on video or not, 
is very much just pulling from the first for what it wants to make a cohesive film, even if it's, you know, not like high art or anything. Uh, but the, the first 20 minutes are very much pulling from part two. And uh, that is where all the brutalness happens, or at least most of it. That fire ki- fire ba- uh, place with the bag kill is insane. And whoever thought that up is a genius because that was brutal. That's brilliant. I, I kind of wish it was shot a little bit better. Um, but, like, honestly, I kind of like how frantic it looks. Uh, they, they, so in that respect, they did a good job with it, you know? I guess at the end of the day, that's more of, like, a taste thing because I can understand why they made that choice to make it look like that, uh, you know? But, uh, no, it's it's a great idea. And there, I, know, I haven't seen this movie, but I know that there is a Friday the 13th movie where, like, he slams um like a sleeping bag bag like repeatedly on the ground and stuff like that you know and is like kind of throwing it around and the person's still in it and it kind of it kind of reminded me of that it had that kind of vibe to it you know where they're kind of thinking about like the camp setting and they're like oh like what can jason do you know yeah that is part seven that that is a fan favorite kill uh, he he like zips her up in the sleeping bag and then just slams her against the tree and she's dead. Oh wow! Uh, it it was supposed to be like three or four, but the MPA made them shove shave, shave it down. But I sure. kind of like how it ended up being because it that's you know peak zombie phase Jason. He's so strong, like he just kills her in one hit. Um, <laughs> yeah, but I could see them referencing that because Jason X also references that. Uh, and the Jason X one is also beautifully absurd. Uh, sure. He, he stuffs them both in sleeping bags and then beats one with the other. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god. Uh, but yeah, this one is very brutal. And I think another smart choice to show that, you know, this isn't going to be, you know, Jason from the older films. This is a brutal, like, almost sadistic in a way, Jason, is he sets that bear trap. And so this guy has to watch as his girlfriend is, you know, barbecued, basically. Yeah. Um, and then my fa- the I love the kind of edit into the opening titles where he's running at the guy with the, or at the, with bleh, he's running at the girl with the machete and then just before it slams, title sequence. Yeah, that was pretty sweet. <laughs> um... And then we, you know, we, then we meet our true cast of characters. And for the rest of the movie, there's like, they take the one important thing from part three. And then the rest of it might as well just be, oh, you know, we're kind of remaking part four. Um, how do you feel about how he gets his mask in this one versus the original? Um, I mean... I don't know. I'm not. I'm not married to how Jason um, gets his mask, so it wasn't like too uh, terrible, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I like both options, or both ways that it happens. Uh, this the the one in this one makes me laugh a little bit more because it that is when it kind of shifts from you know we just watched five minutes ago him string up somebody like she's barbecue, yeah, to this hillbilly who fucks mannequins. <laughs> yeah, that was funny. I uh, well, I mean, that's that's disgusting of of the hill of him, obviously, you know. <laughs> but I, was like, um, hey, I like that. 
oh no <laughs> um but no i uh i i definitely well it it comes from a different place right you know i mean yeah so no i i, I didn't have too much of an issue with how they did that um i guess if anything it's like i guess it's cool that he got to kill that guy in order to get that you know like he's killing like a bad person i guess something like that my only issue with that shot is it's the only shot in the whole movie where jason is unmasked because oh, yeah. you know typically they do the money shot like this is our monster makeup him without the mask I've seen this movie a good number of times. I still like cannot make heads or tails of his face because the way that scene is lit. Oh sure, yeah. Um, but yeah, um, I like that. I like it well enough. Uh, it makes me laugh because there's a hillbilly that fucks mannequins. That's absurd. Yeah, that's that's crazy. And then we meet probably the biggest named actor in this movie, uh, Jared Padalecki from from Supernatural, who co-stars with Jensen Ackles that we just reviewed my bloody Valentine. It's all connected. You see? Yeah, it's all connected. And he's playing the hunter. I don't, I don't think it's the same name, but it's the same idea of a hunter guy coming to crystal Lake looking for a sister. And I like that we get a little bit more like there's people that live in crystal Lake and like it, in this, in the remake, it kind of hints that they know about Jason and he knows about them, and as long as they leave him alone, he'll leave them alone. Right. Um, I thought that was a cool idea, and whenever we finally reboot again, I would kind of like to see that where, you know, the the town no kind of knows Jason's there, but it's like ah, just just leave him alone. Well, it almost adds like an urban legend uh, type kind of situation with him, you know. Yeah, and that's something this movie does well. Between that and we get. The in the pre-title sequence we get the fire camp scene, where you know exposition of what we just saw. But I like that it maintains that like this could kind of be you know a campfire story, uh, except for the you know dumb bits with like the mannequin. Well, well, oh, what with the mannequin dude? Well, so the in the pre-title sequence the characters that are looking for the weed have that moment where they're all around the fire fire and you get the, you know, familiar campfire story about Jason. Yeah. I was just making a joke about how the movie could be a campfire tale, except for stuff like the mannequin guy. <laughs> oh no, I, I see what you mean. Yeah. He's a, he's, he's, he's a strange individual, that mannequin man. <laughs> that sounds like a superhero. The mannequin man. <laughs> yeah. That's funny. So, how did you feel about Clay, who I guess you could say is our protagonist in this movie? Yeah, it's like a dual protagonist piece because there's also the uh, the girl that that like trusts him and stuff like that. Oh, uh, Danielle Panabaker. Yeah, she's had such a weird career, dude. Oh uh, yeah, what well, else has she been? So she was in Sky High. Oh right, she, right. And then she was in this, and now she's on The Flash. Oh, really? Oh, I didn't know that. She's Killer Frost. Whoa, I did not know that. That's crazy. I haven't seen The Flash. That's probably why I didn't know that. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I would say... I would say that her and him are kind of dual protagonists. And... 
And then, of course, you know, Jason is the antagonist. I think yeah. Jared Padalecki is probably too good for this material, so he makes it better than it should have been. Uh, yeah, I, I, I see what you mean. I've seen him in Supernatural, like, a little bit, and he's, like, a pretty good... Was this around the time when it was, like, super big? Is that why he's in this movie? It, oh, yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's... I, I want to say that's maybe halfway through its run. But it also lasted 15 years, so... Interesting. Because he's in this, and then the following year, Jensen is in My Bloody Valentine. That is really interesting. Yeah. I I wonder, I wonder, like, I wonder if these studios were just, like, communicating with each other, whether, like, we gotta, we gotta get this, this person in, <laughs> you know? It's interesting. It is interesting, because typically, even, even with these remakes, you don't often see TV stars for big TV shows in them. Um, at least not often, like, and not the main characters, like even Sarah Michelle Gellar at the height of Buffy was a, basically a glorified extra in like screen two. Basically. Yeah. So yeah, but he's pretty good in this movie though. I, I, I like uh, that actor. Yeah, I I do at some point when I go back through Supernatural, but then I realize it's fifteen seasons. I'm like, fuck me. Oh, <laughs> that's crazy. So then we kind of figure out, you know, they do give it kind of an emotional arc, arc or anchor. Uh, we find out that Jason has taken the girl alive, which goes back to part two because he thinks she looks like uh, Pamela, and I think that works to a certain degree. Right. But I also think it also makes Jason look worse that he didn't figure it out for there. She was missing for what? A few months? Yeah. Although Jason is notoriously stupid. So maybe that, maybe that works. Um, <laughs> yeah. And in, in his underground, underground mine shaft that he, he somehow made connect to the entire camp. Which also has no campers. This is one of the only Friday movies that takes place at camp. Where it has nothing to do with the fact that it takes place at camp. Yeah. Think about it. That, yeah, that, that, the, the movie kind of forgets about that. They focus a lot more on them like living at, you know, this like rich dude's like... Yeah. Yeah, it's interesting. Um... <laughs> it's very strange but that's kind of the kind of taking from part four kind of a thing you know yeah so i had this thought while i was watching it before him because i literally just finished it like an hour ago oh yeah um, do you believe that travis the rich guy is friends with those two stoners like in real life um, would they be friends Yes, because I would imagine that he would like maybe use them to get drugs. I think. Okay. Yeah, that that was my understanding of it. I I can see that happening. And, and I have to give like kudos to those two actors. I think that they're the best out of the supporting cast, minus you know the two leads. 
Yeah, the one stoner that goes into the like garage area to pick up the thing. I or I think he goes in to get beer, right? Like like he's the dude that is gets it the killed. Asian guy? Yeah, no, that that guy is hilarious. He's I think he's my favorite uh cast member in the whole movie. He's really funny. He goes to get tools to fix that thing he broke. Oh, that's because right. Travis invited all these people over and then freaks out when they act like people in his house. <laughs> Yeah, and 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 yeah, yeah, and well, what I love about him going there to get the tools, no, yeah, it's coming back to me. Is he like bickering? He's like, um, you know, being like, he's like, mm, you know, like he's like, oh, this dude, you know, <laughs> like I think that stuff is hilarious. Yeah, and he gets probably I think one of the most brutal deaths in the movie too. Like that screwdriver just slowly being forced into his throat. Damn. That's, yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> um. My my favorite thing, though, with Travis that, you know, because we have to keep, like, cementing the fact that he's an asshole, is yeah. he gets mad at Daniel Panabaker's characters uh, for hanging out with Clay all day and accuses them, accuses her of cheating on him while he's been <laughs> in there banging stupendous tits lady. Yeah. <laughs> like, dude, really? Not, not, yeah, no, he's, he's just a total jerk, basically. And... And I love. I have to give them kudos for being consistent with it. Where even when shit starts to get real, and like you know, Jason's kind of laid a bait with the other stoner guy, and like the lights have gone off, he's still a dick. He doesn't change. He <laughs> yeah, may he, die, but he's gonna be a dick. Yeah he he does not um he he does not take that opportunity for change. He stays a a dick um all the way through which is pretty crazy it was a bold choice of him to still remain a dick <laughs> yeah he took a big risk and you know he he died being who he is you know and Never i will say even though i yeah. don't love his kill his death scene it is kind of funny that the the truck uh tow truck driver just like drives off with his corpse never to be seen again yeah now that <laughs> That that that's totally fitting. Were you surprised when Daniel Daniel Panabaker's character dies? Um Yes, I was. I didn't I did not expect that. I was trying to remember. Because these um cast names, I don't really know them very well. Um but oh. yeah, I, I I was not expecting that. I, I can't remember her character's name. <laughs> <laughs> nah, for sure, yeah. That's one well, of the that's one of the other offenders of being too dark. Cause the first few times I saw this, I did not realize she died. Cause I couldn't see because they, they're like coming out of that bus and then he just like runs the machete through her. And it's really hard to see and it's so fast. Yeah. Then we're down to the to the siblings, which is another interesting choice. Uh, and I, I that's also, I think, kind of pulling from the Friday 4. Not the final two are very are very rarely um, siblings. Yeah, that is that is a rare thing uh, to find in like movies like this. Yeah, because I remember when I first saw this and I'll tell the story here a little in a little bit for the video, but. This was my most embarrassing theater experience. Oh, wow. Um, 
But when I saw this in theaters, it's like, okay, I know the formula. Jared, Jared Padalecki and Daniel Panabaker are going to survive and they're going to be like a couple and then jump scare. And I was at least right about the jump scare because they try really hard to create the, you know, typical Friday in jump scare, but I don't think it makes any sense or is yeah. effective as a jump scare. Oh, yeah, because um, none of them are like make much sense. No, 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 yeah. that's not even. Yeah, yeah, well, that's true, actually, yeah. Only the first one, and I mean, even then, it's like, I don't still don't quite understand how Jason was in that lake, but whatever. Mm-hmm. So, I was not 17 yet when this movie came out. I wouldn't turn 17 until September, so I had to have someone go with me to see this, right? And I didn't have any friends that wanted to go or anything. So, my poor grandma got volunteered to go take me to see this. Oh, no. And I, I was like, oh, you know, there will be some sex scenes, but it'll probably be tame like the older movies. Nope. <laughs> I was sitting in my chair like, she's going to kill me. <laughs> so oh, my, my poor grandma has seen this movie uh, and sat through the stupendous tits scene. <laughs> oh, my God. I can't, <laughs> I can't imagine my grandma doing that. It's crazy. Yeah, uh, it was it was awkward. Well, yeah. Doolittle, I think we've covered... Oh, the last thing we need to cover is Jason's death in this movie. Um, I like the final showdown with him for the most part. Um, but I think it does go on a little too long. How yeah. do you feel about how they take him out with the wood chipper? It was pretty... So, my thing with it is... It was a, it was a bit like too final, you know, um, for if they wanted to continue it. Um, but like for what it was, it was pretty effective. I mean, that's a very painful way to go out, you know. Mm. Um. So I'm curious yeah. then with with you saying it feels final because I kind of agree, but is it is it any more final than? Like, say, his death in part three when he gets an axe to the head? Or is it just the tone of the movie makes it harder to believe that he could come back from that? I think it's the tone. I think I think that's the main kind of difference with it, right? That That's kind of what I was leaning towards. Um, but then we get the jump scare at the end, because you remember jump scares? <laughs> yeah. Well, Doolittle, uh... We are out of time, but I'm going to give this a three and a half. It's kind of in the middle of the Friday as a 13th as a franchise. I think it's better than some of the sequels, but not as good as some of the others. Uh, But if I was going to just show somebody like the pure unadulterated Friday the 13th experience, it would probably be this or part four. Yeah, I'm going to give it a um, I'm going to give it a three out of a out of five i think because i i agree it's it's not um i don't think it is the best of what i've seen i i still think that that's four um yeah but like it gets uh the job done pretty well you know and and i think it i think if anything it's not a bad introduction to friday the 13th um i i don't think so that's a pretty okay. good it's pretty good you know, uh, let's put it this way. It was my first Friday the 13th movie, I think. Um, 
you know, and after seeing the first four afterwards, I can say that, like, it, you know, it was it was a fun time, you know. Well, and I think what's important, it makes it better than most of the other Platinum Dune remakes, is it understands the spirit of the original and sticks to that, for the most part. Yeah, you can't really say that about a lot of the other Platinum Dune uh, remakes. Yeah. Although, I will stand by their Texas Chainsaw re remake. It's not anything revolutionary, but it's pretty good. Yeah. Uh, well, Doolittle, we made it through the first four plus the remake. How do you feel? <laughs> I feel um, like I, I'm, I'm actually really happy I got to see those because it's kind of weird that I never got to, uh, but it's but it's good that I did uh, finally. Yeah, and and some point in the future, obviously, we will come back to these. This is my favorite horror franchise, uh, but I want to give Duke poor Doolittle's brain a little break. Uh, and it is his <laughs> turn to pick. So, Doolittle, do you have anything in mind for our next video? Hmm. I'm trying to think. Uh, I can message you about it later. <laughs> okay, no I'm worries. Not, I'm not. I'm not sure at the moment, but I think that we will figure something out. Put the Jeopardy music in right here in post production and everything. Uh, <laughs> all right, guys. Thank you guys so much for watching. Uh, as always, if you liked this video, hit that thumbs up and subscribe. And we do have a Patreon now. The link will be in the description below. And we will see you guys next time. <laughs> All right. Take care. See you.